What's up, everybody? JT Sports here. Back to you guys with another episode of the JT Sports Podcast. On this episode, I wanted to come on and give my thoughts and reactions to the two 1 p.m. games that I watch. Steelers-Ravens, Jets-Bills. Before we get into it, if you haven't already, make sure that you check out the JT Sports Podcast. Every single episode and video that's uploaded on the channel is available in audio format on all podcasting platforms. Apple, Google, Spotify, Amazon, wherever you get your podcasts from, you can find the JT Sports Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, give us a five-star review and share the podcast with your friends, family members, and acquaintances. The Ravens beat the Pittsburgh Steelers 16-14 to improve to 9-4 on the season. They remain in the driver's seat for the AFC North division. Meanwhile, the Steelers fall to five and eight. Mitchell Trubisky was 95% of the reason for why the Steelers lost this game. I know that football is a team sport. You can't give one player all the glory for when a team wins, and you can't give one player all the blame for when the team loses. But for this situation, I'm giving Mitchell Trubisky 95% of the blame. He threw three interceptions in this game, which is something that is unacceptable from somebody we consider to be a veteran quarterback. This is the kind of game that you expect from Kenny Pickett, not Mitch Trubisky. Mitch Trubisky, if he didn't play in this game and Kenny Pickett never got hurt, the Steelers probably have a better chance of winning this game. Now, I'm not going to say the Steelers win this game with Kenny Pickett because you know his decision-making can be questionable at times. But over the last couple of weeks, Kenny Pickett has done a fantastic job at taking care of the football. Meanwhile, you got Mr. Trubisky coming in and he just undoes everything that the Steelers have been doing on offense. Literally, watch this game. This was one of the best performances that we have seen out of Matt Canada as the offensive play caller for the Steelers. You don't get too many well-called games out of Matt Canada, so therefore you got to make the most of them. Not just that, but this defense, even though they gave up 200 yards on the ground, the most important stat of the day And the only stat that matters that Steeler fans should be talking about is the fact that this defense only allowed three points off turnovers. Three. When the Ravens probably could have scored a lot more if they had Lamar. So the Steelers defense, yeah, they gave up over 200 yards rushing. However, they only allowed three points off three turnovers. That's something that not every defense is able to do. Not to mention, this offense was looking pretty good. If you take away the three interceptions after the first quarter, once this offense really got going, they looked really good. The run game was there. The offensive line, for the most part, was pretty solid for Steelers standards. This was a pretty solid offensive performance, but Mitchell Trubisky messed it up. It's like he he would do something nice, He would do something good, and then the following drive, he'll come back out and do something that will make you scream at the TV, what the F. And even then, I'm screaming at Mike Tomlin in the Steelers organization and going, what the F were y'all thinking signing Mitchell Trubisky? 
I understand that Mike Tomlin likes to coach up players. Every player can be coached up in his eyes. However, there were better options out there on the quarterback market other than Mitchell Trubisky. We know what Mitch Trubisky is at this point. And he may not even be a serviceable backup. Three interceptions at this point of the season is something that you can't have. You know that the Steelers offense barely is able to generate many points. So therefore, why are you throwing two interceptions in the red zone? You got to give a lot of props to the Ravens defense. Yeah, they got three interceptions on Mitch Trubisky, but three interceptions is three interceptions, people. And this defense still got some pretty big stops when it mattered. So for the Ravens, defensively, this was a really good game, especially from the linebackers. Did you see that interception by Patrick Queen? It looked pretty nice. And of course it looked pretty nice because look who threw it to him. Santa. That's what Mr. Bisk was looking like out there tonight or this afternoon. Santa Claus. The only difference is that one had on the red suit and other had on the black and gold uniform. The Baltimore Ravens winning this game was something that I kind of had a hard time seeing. No Lamar Jackson. We know that the Ravens have struggled in the past against the Pittsburgh Steelers. I thought that without a doubt, the Steelers were locked to win this game. And honestly, if you don't have the three interceptions by Trubisky, they probably win this game. Yeah, Baltimore's offense was really dominant on the ground, but they really couldn't get anything going in the passing game. This defense stopped the Baltimore Ravens on third down almost every single time they were in that situation. This defense was really good. Once again, minus the 200 rushing yards, who really cares? They only gave up three points off turnovers. Not to mention, they got a big stop on fourth and one. So this defense played good enough for Pittsburgh to win this game. For fans out there who are calling out Mike Tomlin in the defense, you're calling out the wrong people. You need to be calling out Mitch Trubisky for throwing three interceptions. Any defense that holds a team to 16 points is a good defense. On average, most defenses are giving up at least 23, 24 points. You hold a team to 16 points with their third-string quarterback in the game late in the fourth quarter, you think you're winning that game. You don't think your quarterback loses that game because he threw three interceptions. When you look at the score, you probably say, did he really throw three interceptions? Yeah. It was 16-14. The Steelers only lost by two points with their second-string quarterback throwing two interceptions. What does that tell you about the performance of the rest of the team? The offense was pretty solid in this game after the first quarter. And yet, it seems like every time the Steelers' offense was doing something good, Mitch Trubisky just said, nah, nah, nah. We, we're just having too much success. Too much success. Let's talk about the Ravens' offense. Their receivers barely were that much of a factor. I think they only had... I think their receivers in this game only combined for five or six receptions. 
And yet they had over 200 yards on the ground. J.K. Dobbins absolutely could not be stopped. This dude was a monster. Remember when Presley Harvin had that 17-yard punt? That's another thing we got to talk about. We got to talk about the special teams. But when he had that 17-yard punt, J.K. Dobbins and company, they get on the field. He gets a, He pops off a big 44-yard run, then caps it off with a four-yard touchdown. Like, J.K. Dobbins was unstoppable in this game. I mean, it was one play, he's running out of bounds, and he's running over one of the defensive backs. I'm like, damn, sheesh. Gus Edwards, the Gus bus, you can't forget about the Gus bus, man. Gus Edwards has been in Baltimore for, he's been in Baltimore for a while. He was pretty solid as well. Now, he didn't have the kind of game that J.K. Dobbins had, but he also had some pretty good runs that were effective and played a part in the Ravens getting this win. What really won this game for the Ravens was special teams. You had the 17-yard punt by Presley Harvin. Not to mention, you also had the block field goal. By Baltimore. If Baltimore doesn't block that field goal, the Steelers are walking out of this game six and seven. So for the Ravens, special teams came up big. Your defense came up big, forcing three turnovers. This was a good win. Doesn't matter if you beat a five and eight Pittsburgh team. These divisional games are tough. And one thing about these divisional games that a lot of people tend to overlook is that sometimes it doesn't matter what the record is. You just saw what happened to Tennessee, did you? How many of you guys saw Tennessee getting upset on the road, well, getting upset at home by Jacksonville? So these divisional games, it never matters what the records are. Anytime you're able to win one, it's a good win. For the Baltimore Ravens, they now still are in position not only to win this division, but quietly, they have a chance at being able to win the one seed. Because their remaining schedule, they play the Browns, the Falcons, you get the Steelers again, and you go on the road against Cincinnati the final week of the regular season. I think that there's a road where Baltimore, if they go 3-4 and four this final stretch... Maybe they finish up 12-5 and five and it's good enough for them to be still in the conversation for the one seed. You look at Pittsburgh, this loss doesn't completely take them out of the playoff race yet because the Jets did lose. However, now they have no room for error. You have to win out these last four games. One more loss. It's D-O-N-E for the Steelers season. And to be quite honest with you, I honestly want to see the Steelers in the playoffs. No matter how bad they may be, no matter how much they may struggle, I want to see the Pittsburgh Steelers in the postseason. This is my team. I don't think anybody wants to see the team that they root for in their season not being in the playoffs. We have, the NFL has one of, if not the longest offseason in sports. So therefore, you want to see your team play an extra week. I love football. I love watching the Steelers play more than any other team. 
And I love the rest of the NFL also, but I want to see this team compete and I want to see them be in the playoffs. This was a game that the Steelers most definitely should have won. And if you're a Ravens fan listening to this right now, you probably would agree too. Mitchell Trubisky doesn't throw those three interceptions. Hell, not even the three. If he doesn't even throw the two bad ones that he threw in the red zone, Steelers probably walk out of this game with the victory. But the Ravens found the way to win, which is all you can ask for when you don't have your best player, Lamar Jackson, survive. That's what the Ravens did. They survived and they beat the Pittsburgh Steelers 16 to 14. The Buffalo Bills defeat the New York Jets 20 to 12. This game started out as a defensive slugfest. Before we saw any points put up on the scoreboard in this game, both of these two teams punted the football 10 consecutive times combined. The biggest play of the first half came with a minute 17 seconds left in the second quarter. Fourth and one, the Buffalo Bills draw the New York Jets offsides. This was a fantastic play call by Buffalo Bills offensive coordinator Ken Dorsey because in that situation, you're only thinking one or two things. Either the Buffalo Bills are going to go underneath center and try to draw you offsides via a hard count or they're going to go underneath center and try to pick up the fourth and one conversion via a quarterback sneak with Josh Allen. But Ken Dorsey adds a little razzle-dazzle to it. So instead of having Josh Allen being the one who goes underneath center and attempt the quarterback sneak, he has Dawson Knox do it. And this causes Jets linebacker C.J. Mosley to go Troy Palomalu over the top and it leads to an offsides penalty being called on the New York Jets. And later on, Dawson Knox would score a touchdown that would put the Buffalo Bills up 7-0 going into halftime. Now at halftime, I was thinking that the Jets already had lost. I was expecting their offense to get stopped by the Buffalo Bills defense. I felt that the Buffalo Bills offense would eventually pull away late in the fourth quarter due to the Jets defense getting gassed, getting tired because they were going to be on the field for a lot of plays. However, I was wrong, just completely wrong. The New York Jets, their opening drive of the second half, they score a touchdown. Their first one of the season, by the way. And I was starting to think, okay, this game is about to become a shootout now. We just had a defensive slugfest in the first quarter. Now we're going to be treated to a shootout in the second quarter. Hooray for me because I love offense, but that didn't happen either. Turns out that the New York Jets will only score five more points in this ball game, Coming from a safety and a field goal, which also was a really big moment in this game. Because it's fourth and one, you're down 20 to nine. What do you do? Do you try to go for it on fourth and one, pick up the, four, the first down, so potentially you can put your team in a situation and go ahead, score that touchdown, get the two-point conversion, and it's 20 to 17. Now you just need your defense to get a stop. You got to get your offense to get into field goal range, kick a field goal, and get the game into overtime. Or do you just go ahead, 
get the field goal, not risk getting stop on fourth and one. Ask your defense to get you one more stop and give your offense one more possession to try to win the football game for you. However, you have to drive a pretty good length of the field to score the touchdown, plus you have to get the two-point conversion. That's a really difficult situation to be in if you're Robert Sala. Now, fortunately for him, it still somewhat worked out in his favor because the Jets' defense, after they got that field goal, their defense went on the field, got the job done, got the stop, got the ball back to the offense. The offense, on the other hand, couldn't hold up their end of the bargain. They got stopped. They didn't really go anywhere. And that was the ball game for the Jets. And I just wonder, thinking about that decision now, if Robert Sala would have done things differently. The New York Jets, if you're trying to make a push for the playoffs and you're trying to even get into the playoffs and make a playoff run, you have to be aggressive in certain situations. Fourth and one, you're down 20 to nine. Yeah, a field goal still gives you an opportunity to win the game if you get a stop. But wouldn't it have been a little bit better if you have if you went for it, got the first down, then eventually you got the touchdown, you get the two-point conversion, and then instead of your final drive, you having to go the length of the football field almost, plus getting a two-point conversion to win the game, all you got to do is get in the field goal range, right? Could have been so much simpler. So I understand Robert Sala's decision to go for the field goal instead of being aggressive and trying to stay on the field and get the touchdown as well. It's just that in that situation, I kind of feel he should have rolled the dice a little bit. Yeah, the Jets offense has struggled mightily for the most part. At the same time, you're a team that's built on running the football. Yeah, you didn't have a lot of success running the football this afternoon, but you would at least thought that you could pick up a fourth and one running the football, right? So I just wonder how differently would the outcome of this game be if Robert Sala would have decided to go for it on fourth and one instead of going for the field goal, which I still do think was a good decision. I just think that I think being aggressive at that moment probably would have been a decision I would have made. You're going against the Buffalo Bills. You're going against Josh Allen. i rather, if my offense gets the ball one more time, having to drive and get into field goal range versus having to drive down the field and scoring a touchdown plus a two-point conversion to tie the game into overtime. But at the same time, he went with this decision because he knew this was probably the best way he could still give his offense a chance to win. You get stopped on fourth and one, you don't have an opportunity to win the game because then the Bills probably win it from that point on. The New York Jets' remaining games, Lions, Jaguars, then on the road against the Seahawks, and the Dolphins going against the Seahawks and the Dolphins are going to be the two toughest tests for the New York Jets because those are going to be the two games that they're going to need to win to get into the playoffs and you look at this game the fact that they had 
a couple of turnovers. You had the fumble after Mike White had to exit the game the first time by Joe Flacco. Then you had the Michael Carter fumble. That hurt this offense. Mike White played a pretty good game. 27 of 44 for 268 yards passing. Yeah, he didn't have a great day statistically, but he made some really great throws on third down. He also had some pretty nice throws to Garrett Wilson as well. Is Mike White good enough to get the New York Jets to the playoffs? I don't think so. You look at this game. Yeah, he's a solid quarterback. I think he's a solid game manager. He has potential to be better than a game manager. But for right now, when the New York Jets have been put in situations where they have to throw the football to win games, it hasn't worked out for them all that much. And yeah, they do have some injuries on the offensive line, a couple of injuries on the offensive line. But this is playoff time now. The New York Jets are officially in the playoffs. You don't have to be in the playoffs to officially be in the playoffs. When you get into the month of December, every single game is playoff football. This was a playoff-like atmosphere for the New York Jets and the Buffalo Bills. And we kind of saw how this team responds in really big situations. Look at the New York Jets. That offsides penalty on fourth and one before halftime hurt them. The two turnovers hurt them. Although there were some circumstances surrounding those, you did have injuries. But at the same time, every team deals with injuries. You have to be able to execute late in these games. And the New York Jets offensively, do you really trust their offense late in the playoffs? Well, late in season against a team like Seattle or Miami to deliver a game-winning drive to win the game for you on offense. I don't think too many Jets fans can say confidently, yes, they do. Now, your defense, you trust it for sure. However, you can't rely on your defense all the time. You have to find ways to win games via your offense. And this just simply can't involve just playing things safe, being conservative, eventually you're going to play a team that forces you to have to win throwing the football. Yes, most teams that win Super Bowls have success on the ground, but this is a passing league. And I really question when the New York Jets, if they get into the playoffs or when they play Seattle and Miami, just how effective are they going to be when it comes to throwing the football? Their run game, I felt, was pretty solid for the most part. Even though the Buffalo Bills defensive line was wrecking a good amount of havoc. We talk about Von Miller being injured. And you have guys like Gregory Russo, AJ Epinesa who are stepping up. Ed Oliver. Oh my goodness. This dude just continues to dominate every single week. I think that Ed Oliver, without a doubt has to be in the conversation for being an all-pro this year. I don't know if I'm not watching enough Bills game and he hasn't been keeping up these performances week in and week out, but every time I turn on a Buffalo Bills game, this dude, Ed Oliver, is going crazy. He's going mad. He had a really good game. 
along with Gregory Russo and Elliot Oliver, AJ Epinesa, and the rest of the Buffalo Bills defense. Yeah, Jets fans are going to say, well, JT, the Bills have a really good defense. Yeah, but what's going to happen if you face another team in the playoffs who also has a good defense? What are you going to do then? What are you going to do when you face a team that can put up at least 20 points on your defense? Then what? So I have serious concerns about the New York Jets not only being able to make a playoff run with their current quarterback situation, but their ability to even be able to seal the deal and to get into the playoffs because they're 7-6 right now. They just opened the door for the Chargers, New England, Pittsburgh is still in this thing. Even with that loss they suffered today, like everybody's still in it. They're only 7-6. And it is possible for them to suffer two more losses down the stretch. Yeah, I like Mike White, but is he going to play well enough to beat Seattle on the road? Is he going to play well enough to beat Miami? The playoffs kind of has already started for the New York Jets. So... The Buffalo Bills improved the 10 and 3. They beat the New York Jets 20 to 12. Give me your thoughts on the Buffalo Bills victory down in the comment section down below. And I appreciate you guys for listening to this episode of the JT Sports Podcast. Remember that you can listen to the JT Sports Podcast on all podcasting platforms, Apple, Google, Spotify, Amazon. All you got to do is go to whichever podcasting platform you use, type in JT Sports, and the JT Sports Podcast should pop up. Or you can go down to the description or the pinned comment section down below and it will have my links to the Apple and Spotify podcast. I appreciate you guys for listening to this episode of the JT Sports Podcast and I will see you guys with another episode shortly.